this story, okay? There's a story about a man who stopped in the grocery store on the way home from work to pick up a couple of items for his wife. He wandered around aimlessly for a while, searching out the needed groceries. As is often the case in the grocery store, he kept passing the same shopper in almost every aisle. It was another father trying to shop with a totally uncooperative three-year-old boy in the cart. The first time they passed, the three-year-old was asking over and over for a candy bar. Our observer couldn't hear the entire conversation. He just heard dad say, now, Billy, this won't take long. And as they passed in the next aisle, the three-year-old's pleas had increased several octaves. And now dad was quietly saying, Billy, just calm down. We will be done in a minute. And while... They passed near the dairy case. The kid was screaming uncontrollably, and Dad was still keeping his cool. In a very low voice, he was saying, Billy, settle down. We're almost out of here. And the dad and his son reached the checkout counter just ahead of our observer. He still gave no evidence of losing control. The boy was screaming and kicking, and Dad was very calmly saying over and over, Billy, we will be in the car in just a minute. Then everything will be okay. And the bystander was impressed beyond words. After paying for his groceries, he hurried to catch up with this amazing example of patience and self-control, just in time to hear him say again, Billy, we're done. It's going to be okay. He tapped the patient father on the shoulder and said, Sir, I couldn't help but watch how you handled little Billy. You were amazing. And Dad replied, You don't get it, do you? I'm Billy. <laughs> Patience goes Sundays, right? <laughs> I am Billy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so we're looking at 2 Peter 3.15 today. And uh, kind of as per my teaching style, so to speak, I like to back up in the chapter. So it'll be a minute before we get to verse 15, probably a few more minutes than that. But I want you to go all the way back to verse 1, and we're going to kind of tool through this a little bit. And then we'll get to some discussion about it in a little bit. Chapter 3 starts with, Dear friends, that this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. So right there in verse 1, why does Peter tell them he is writing these letters? Stimulate them to wholesome thinking. Recall um, in verse 2 here, he's going to say, I want you to recall the Old Testament words spoken in the past by the Holy Prophet and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. And we can see in that verse right there that Peter not only is asking them to recall the Old Testament scriptures that they would have memorized, but he is also recognizing that Jesus and the apostles that are now writing, like him and Paul and some of the others, as without saying the words New Testament scriptures, he is recognizing that these letters are being recorded and they are scripture. They are the words of God and they were meant to be a gospel passed down. Uh, <clears throat> so he says in verse three, first of all, you must understand in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. And they will say, where is this coming? He promised. 
Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has been since the beginning of creation. One thing that I want you to notice in those couple of verses is when he's talking about these uh, last days, what's he referring to? Like Jesus' next coming, right? So the second coming. And, and so he's saying in the last days, there's going to be people saying, well, where is it? We've been waiting this long. Why isn't it showing up? And, and then he, he goes on to say, they will say this and they promised, sorry, glasses on or off, right? Um, where is this coming? He promised ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. What is he talking about there? When was the earth destroyed by water? The flood, right? So he's saying, you forget that with a word, God created. With a word, God started over with the flood, right? And with a word, the second coming, it will also be here, right? He's saying, so they've easily forgotten right away that God's word is very powerful. And not only that, but these are people that he's claiming have forgotten. So what does that tell you about their standing with God to begin with? They knew, right? They knew God. And so this may be in the last days, uh, I think it was Jay Vernon McGee pointed out, it may be in the last days that there will be pastors that will say, you know what, maybe we got it wrong. Where is this coming? And they will turn away and they will follow the, we'll see at the end of the chapter, um, we probably won't cover it, but at the very end of the chapter, he talks about people that start pulling things out of scripture and twisting it and turning it to make it their own way. And that we know will happen more and more in the end times. Well, that we see now. Yeah, that we see now. We've seen, right? In fact, he was talking about, and he will talk about here, that um, Paul was also dealing with that. They were already twisting the things that Paul had said and um, making up their own versions. So verse uh, 7, By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. What is the day of judgment? Oh, the BBC. Uh, the, like I know what you're saying. So, yeah, like that. But yeah, it is the BBC. Okay. But I mean, that's, there's different terms. Yeah. But um, so the day of the Lord, it can mean um, different times depending on what you believe. Um, and so I'm going to give you. J. Vernon McGee says he believes that starts with. He's a. He believes in um, the pre-rapture. Right. So for his viewpoint is going to be the seven year, the rapture of the church, the seven year tribulation, the millennium, the fall of Satan, the and then uh, not the fall of Satan, but Satan's going to rebel. And that's handled in the great white throne judgment that that whole time would be called the day of judgment. The present time that we're in right now is called the day of salvation. Tuck that away for a little while later. Um, But that day of the Lord. is something that we're looking at. He's saying there was a judgment, wasn't there, when Noah, during Noah's time and the Lord flooded the earth. There will become another judgment day and it will be destroyed by fire, he says. Um, so 
he says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. And I want to pause on that verse too, because this is one that is pulled out of context a lot. Okay. And, um, and, and so I want to point out, just as I did, we were talking about what the day of the Lord, right? We're talking about judgment day and our topic is patience. And in verse 15, we're going to see where this is leading up to this. This whole thing is about God's patience, right? And so I want you to recognize within context that this is a patience verse. God is saying time is of no essence to him to wait for someone that is not saved yet. This is not an opening for millions of years of the earth being created. This is not the context, okay? So just to, just to put a pin in that, that this does not open it up. This is not in the context of creation. The creation actually in Genesis says there was a day and it started when the sun came up and the sun went down kind of a thing. It is a one 24-hour cycle day, okay? <clears throat> Verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as is some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not, anyone to per- not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Um, one thing I did want to say, too, that I, I didn't bring up was this quote from Warren Wearsby on the second coming. He said, all true Christians believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. They may differ in their views of when certain promised events will occur, but they all agree that he's returning as promised. As one pastor said to me, I have moved off the planning committee and joined the welcoming committee. And I really liked that a lot. I'm sorry, I meant to throw that in there. Um, But David Guzik, also a a pastor out of um, California, he said, compassionate sorrow, even in the righteous judgment of the wicked, um, many would be glad that God didn't come early. Right? So this whole thing is about God's patience. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Hold on to that, speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteous. Okay, so that speed it's coming. Do you feel like we have any control in the timing of anything? What if scripture said we did? They sell it on eBay. They sell it on eBay? Okay, Um, well, we will come back to that in just a minute. And we're going to see a couple of things that do lead to we have some sort of role to play in the coming. Okay, so hold on to that. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you, with the wisdom that God gave him. See, God never, this, uh, this man Clark said, God never defied or decreed the damnation of any man, nor rendered it impossible for any soul to be saved. 
Um, but the day of the Lord, it's going to come in an unexpected way. And I don't know about you, but I get distracted and I forget to be focusing on these things like living a more godly life, being blameless and spotless and working on my relationship with Christ and sometimes a little more about my Pinterest page. Does that make sense? Like we, we can get very distra- distracted with hobbies and ideas. And I mean, currently I'm making sourdough and starting my garden and, you know, <laughs> like you can get wrapped up in some things, right? Um, and so God say, don't let the time, because I'm being patient right now, don't let that time get away from you from what needs to be happening. You're supposed to be working on you. You're supposed to be evangelizing. You're supposed to be doing these things. But you don't have to be doing those things for him to call you home. No, no. Um, but when he says that he's gonna, it, it's going to go, basically, it, it'll be done and destroyed by fire. Colossians 1.17 says, God created it all. And God holds it all together. So when God lets go of it on that day, I mean, some say it would be like a nuclear explosion, but it's like, could you imagine if God lets go and, right? But I loved this story I had seen about blown glass. Have you ever seen somebody blow glass? It's very cool, huh? And you can watch and they, it, it'll just, they'll decide they want to do something different or whatever and they just crush it all down and it melts and then they blow into it and it's just beautiful what they can make. And so I was um, listening to I, one of the pastors and it was saying, um, this, the earth is going to be like that blown gla- glass. God may destroy what was created, but he's going to breathe back into it and it's going to become a beautiful creation, right? And um, <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon said this quote. Now, I want you to listen to the quote for what it is, but then I want you to also apply it, apply it to your life like refiner's fire. He says, this world, so far as we know, will not cease to be. It will pass through the purifying flame, and then it may be the soft and gentle breath of almighty love will blow upon it and cool it rapidly and on his divine hand will shape it as it cools into a paradise more fair. And that is the same thing he does in our lives, doesn't he? A refiner's fire. It, it may look, or my life might look destroyed through the circumstances that we've been in, but God breathes into it through those circumstances and he molds it and he shapes it and he makes something beautiful out of it. Um, all of these things that he's been listing about why and what he's going to do in the day of judgment is all pointing back to this being ready for him to come, right? Um, And so the speed, we'll come back to the speed. How to speed the coming? Um, By our holy conduct and godliness. Um, Does that mean we're perfect? No, (laughs) we're not perfect. Um, but there's something to say that we should be um, working towards that, towards our relationship with God, not being stuck and being okay with not. Evangelism, we know that that's the commission that we've been given is to reach the world. Because Romans 11.25 tells us until the full number of the Gentiles comes in, 
everyone that is going to be saved is saved, we will continue to wait, right? So if we want to speed it up, we should start talking about Jesus, right? And the third thing is prayer. In Daniel chapter 9, when the Israelites were going through some things, Daniel prayed a prayer and and he said, you know what, God, I know that you have your timing, but I am praying that you will speed up your timing. And we see in Revelation in a couple of places um, that the prayers of the saints were being held in bowls. And they were released at the time that they needed to be released when God's wrath was let. So there is something to be said about our prayer as well. And we see at the end of this chapter, him praying, come, Lord, come. We see um, in Matthew chapter 6, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That, I don't know, God may use it in conjunction with. God doesn't need us to do it, right? But I believe he uses these things in conjunction with what he's doing as he's inspired us to be a part of what he's doing. Um, Verse 14, again, making every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Uh, I just think it's real easy for us to get distracted from, you know, I was saying on the version today, um, I get distracted with, from my Bible study. Like I might be doing the version study or I might be at church or listening to a podcast or whatever, but just picking up scripture and sitting with it and reading it and just having time with God, that, that escapes me way more than I want to admit to. Just like in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked, was it James and John there? Anyway, the Peter, disciples, Peter, was Peter. Peter there. Yeah, those three. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to pray. Yeah. And they fell asleep. Yeah. So it's. That's a good point, too. I mean, he didn't need them to pray, mm-hmm. but he asked them to pray. Come, come be a part of what I'm doing. Yes. And I think that that's what God is asking us be a part of it. And um, I don't I don't say that that's the ticket that why we don't have to focus on <laughs> scripture. Right. But yeah. you know, it's been around for a while people that love the Lord yeah. they get distracted. Yeah. Well or make wrong decisions, I mean. Yeah. Um so now that we're finally at verse fifteen <laughs> Told you it'd be a minute or 18. Um, So, dear friends, here we are. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. (laughs) So I'd like to hear what did you guys pull out of that verse this week? What were your observations? Well, I like to look at it in different versions. So when I look at it in the um, English Standard, it reads pretty much like that. When I look at, when I look at it in the um, New Living Translation, and remember our Lord's patient gives, patience gives people time to be saved. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mine was, um, while we wait, we need to be focused on uh, making ourselves worthy and being yeah. 
So I looked over, you know, I love that U version because you can go to the discover button and you can put in patience and it'll bring up, you know, all the verses that um, you want to see on patience. Not all of them, I'm sure. But anyway, in James um, 5, 8, it says, you also be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then in Corinthians, that love is patient. So, you know, if God is patient, God is love. You know, our pa- his patience is his love for us. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what I pulled out of that. So did anybody look up um, any definitions? I looked up bear. Like I mean, B-E-A-R, yeah. Um, where it says bear in mind, because I thought, well, okay, that means keep in mind. That's mm-hmm. what I, and then I thought, maybe I should look. <laughs> um, but it's being it's like being under something holding something up uh, you know so it's almost like um, holding up that that burden or holding up something being under something that's not pleasant right but so in other words it's not pleasant to think that we're having to wait right um, but we keep in mind, we bear in mind that it's because God is not wanting anyone to perish. Um, so speaking of James and John, though, um, I have a quote from Spurgeon. It says, we are puzzled at the long suffering which causes so weary a delay. One of the reasons is that we have not much long suffering ourselves. We think we do, well, to be angry with the rebellious. And so we prove ourselves to be more like Jonah than Jesus. A few learned to be patient and pitiful to the ungodly, but many more are the mind of James and John who would have called fire from heaven upon those who rejected the Savior because we are in such a hurry. <laughs> the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder, yeah. Uh, but, his, but not only his sons of thunder, but his shortened version in that quote is, don't be a Jonah, be a Jesus in regard to others. Because what did Jonah do? Jonah was saying, they're not worth it, God. There's nothing worthy in them. Just forget it. Just let them burn, you know. And we can get frustrated with people or think that they're beyond being saved and walk away from them. And, um, he's, you know, he's just spurring us on there that, you know, God has allowed them some time. And I've seen people that I thought would never come to God come to God. I don't know about you. Um, But remembering again, this is the day of salvation. When the day of judgment comes, it's done. And so we need to have those Jesus eyes that looks at this. This is what we're here for right now. This is our job as the church is to be the light in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, To be about our father's business. What else you got? What you put down? I had read in one commentary that knowledge had was in three three chapters of of Second Peter that knowledge was brought up fifteen times, and so it made me think. Which I I know it's true. The more knowledge that we have, the more we put that knowledge in our heads. Um, you know, you can be patient when you know what the outcome is. You can be patient when you know where where we're going. I think the more knowledge we have of God, the more patient we can be. The more we can be 
on the same path he's on when we have knowledge of what that path is. <clears throat> oh, here's the actual definitions um, for bear in mind. Accept it without giving way and to think of something as a warning and remember. Um, Did it, did it, how would you apply this verse? Did it spur you to anything? I'm still not going to pray for patience because I know how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it does say, I think it's, I think it's in Romans 15, 15. I wrote down 15, 15, and then I said, God gives patience. So he does give it to us. You know, we don't have to try to work it up. I'll pray for you, Jamie. I liked, um, I listened to your podcast and I like, no, I love them. I always listen to them. Um, what you said about joy, joy was a gift Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be taken away. Mm -hmm. It's the same with all of the gifts. I mean, God will give us patience. We have to choose to choose to accept it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh Not, not like the, not like Billy, but Did anyone else get out of this about just where he's talking about make every effort? Like, did anyone else feel convicted about their time with God? Uh, mine was, my, uh, was being in the Word. Yeah. That's, that's where I was. That way. Yeah. Just, just for being in the Word. Not without, <clears throat> right? Even just in prayer. You know, even praying. Yeah. Sorry, Lord, he's heard that from me so many times because it's like, yeah. but I thought, you know what, you were still sitting there. Yeah, he was. And didn't walk away, you know, that's the, just like in reading, too, something else that phone always rings or somebody's at the door. It's like, but you've got to make yourself go back and finish. God is very patient with us in the same. Mm-hmm. He is very long-suffering in that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's why I love the word drifting because I think it was one of the first couple times I started coming here and Pastor used it in something he was teaching on about drifting from the shore. And, and I was like, that is like exactly me that I drift. You know, I, I drift off and, you know, one month I'm this awesome prayer warrior. And then the next month I've drifted and I'm, I'm great at baking bread. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not steadfast mm-hmm. in what I want to be steadfast in. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's so, it's so easy for us to... Why? Why is it so easy, as to, easy for us to pick up something we're excited about and get head on into it and not stay that way with Scripture? Because mm, we don't always live in that spiritual world, I think. I was... Gilbert loves to watch YouTube, and he was listening to, um, you know, I think his name is Oz, the one that sings the Hawaiian guy, the big Hawaiian guy. Okay, so he sings Over the Rainbow. Okay, so he was saying that when you, in Hawaii, when you die, that we live in both of the worlds. So we live in the spiritual world. We live in the, the world here. And so it's just living now in this world. And I'm like, well, why don't I have that? I already know Jesus. You know, I don't live in Hawaii, but I know Jesus. 
Why am I not living in that world more? That, that where I'm, my head is there and not here. I think it's because we're not there yet. Mm. Um, well, apparently they are in Hawaii. In Hawaii. For <laughs> <laughs> sure not. We need yeah, to. That's it. Next woman's retreat, Hawaii. Very spiritual. That's right. It sounds like a cult. Yeah. I, I think it somehow doesn't sound the right way, but I'm that's like, you know, I, I should be like that. Where I've got my feet in, you know, where I'm practical here, but I'm, my heart and everything else within me is there. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like the older we get, only because I look at some people like Virginia's mom. You know, I feel like the older we get, the closer we get to that place. And I don't just mean closer to Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Not just literally. I, yeah. <laughs> physically, we're getting closer to Jesus. But I think that that brings, like, physically, let's say physically, that the, the, the rear, the, the mirror, or the, but the, what's it, the windshield? It, things start getting closer and clearer, right? And so some of that other stuff's in the rearview mirror, and we're thinking that's not worth going back for, yeah. you know? And I think that's why, you know, and when we start out in our 20s, we're struggling a lot. And then as we, you know, I was saying to Katie the other day, um, I'm, I'll be 53 this year, but I was like, man, I mean, I'll, I miss, you know, some of the things we could do in our 20s physically, right? But I've never been in a better place in my life than I am now, and I'm sure I will be in another 10 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I don't regret any of that um, because of the things that I've come through and I've learned. And, what, you know, coming down to this is just joy, you know, and, and not holding on to some garbage and all the stuff that you wrestle so much with in your 20s, you know? Um, or your teenage years, but or like some of us in our thirties, forties, and fifties. Some, and I mean, I did, I did. I'm just saying, 50, 53 is feeling pretty good compared to you know even forty three. But I think, I think that we have to look at God knew who we were because He talks about seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think He knew that we're going to cycle and we're going to cycle and but if we keep him in mind when we hit those low peak moments that we know right where we need to go if we need to grow again mm-hmm. and we can get right back on that path and we might cycle back around again but i feel like again maybe it's cuz it's as i get older and the 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 focus gets clearer is that i don't hang out so much in the dead parts as long as I used to, because I, I know that there's something better if I will just focus on God, right? Um, I, I say this quote a lot, um, I, I, or at least I talk about it a lot, about Delaney's dad saying um, that getting into the Word is a discipline like any other discipline, whether you feel like it or not. Now, does it mean that it's not translating for me in the physical aspect? I'm not doing any exercise. <laughs> but some of you uh, are real good about that. You know, some of you, that, that's a discipline that you have down, you know, physical exercise. Some of you have got the spiritual exercise down, you know, some of those different things. But um, I do feel like there are cycles. 
certainly there have been times in my life that physical exercise was a big deal. But um, what else do you guys got? Anything else? I think when we lose focus, we always know we can go back. Yeah. We know that God is there. The Word is there. Yeah. And, you know, if we get involved in gardening or something else right then and really taking our time, we know that God's always there. Yeah. yeah. And he's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. He's being patient. He's being patient. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. He also, I've said this a lot of times, but I, for me, I say it over and over to myself. When I look at somebody else, like I could look at you and and you and say, these women study all the time. You've got to by by just what comes out. And this is what I say. Yeah. You know, or. We compare ourselves, and I think a lot kind of women do, but we have to remember, um, because people have said things to me, too, about what they see, and I'm like, oh, man, that's so not right. But we're looking at the snapshot, not the, not the video of right. the whole life. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and God has the plan for each of us. And our plan may be similar or it may not be. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that, like Pat said down there, you know, we we can always get back on track. And you don't have to go backwards to get where you were and go, Kevin said this one time too here about, um, you know, you're on the path to the cross and you kind of deviate and go here. You don't have to go backwards, back to that path. You just turn right back to the cross and go. Right. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I also think it's fascinating because God, like, it, God gives us the wisdom. He tells us, you know, but we're not always capable of receiving it where we're at in our lives. Like, I was talking to Chris a couple days ago. We went through one of my keepsake boxes and I have some of my old study stuff from when I sat down and wrote it's interesting what messages I took like you said in your 20s with mm-hmm. scripture and your bible studies and you look at it you're like oh my gosh that clicks like that applies now <laughs> like I see it okay like this makes sense but back then I'm like why did I even write those notes like mm-hmm. that, that does not that doesn't make sense yeah. that doesn't it's alive yeah, yeah. and you pull something different from it and, mm-hmm. it, and it, it's, it's funny, too, because it says, like, what is it? To, I forget where it's at. Um, but, like, we have this eagerness. Like, we know what's in store for us. Mm-hmm. And, but yet, like, we're, we come and go. We come and go at times, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and even going back to the, are we ready for the message? Like, and we're so easily distracted, like, I am so easily distracted with food sometimes <laughs> that now it's been brought to my attention that there are times where I forget to pray before I eat. My daughter, she's like, did you pray? And I'm like halfway through my burrito. And I'm like, no, I didn't. You know, that's a, that's like, um, a victory in itself, just saying. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's interesting because you find these like where you think that, you know, you need something like my goal was to teach my children 
you know, but then, then I find myself with teaching my children. They're also teaching me, you know? So like, I, I may not have been as strong as where I needed to be, but they're calling me on my faults because they are watching me do everything. Little accountability. No. (laughs) So I, that's what I think is really great about this. He's patient. Mm-hmm. You know, the patience means salvation, means that, like, we might not get it right away, mm-hmm. which right. we're not perfect. We're in a know? process. We're in the process, so mm-hmm. we're, it's ever-changing. Mm-hmm. Even though we know the end goal and we have the message, the way it applies and the way we receive it and the way that we can use it, it's another good thing, too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Very good. Mm-hmm. It's certainly, um, I mean, this is the first time that I've been here with all the young ladies, which is so glad you guys are here. Um, but I'm, you guys are in such a different place right now in life. You're juggling so much. I, how do you work out this into your daily life? What does that look like for you? Well... The Lord has taught me a lot in the last like year and a half of my life, especially patience. But I think there's also different forms of patience because like there's patience in waiting on the Lord, there's patience with our children, there's patience with our family. The different levels of patience that we have because we're more patient with some things than we are with other things. And so like it's a constant thing for us to learn like okay once we feel like we've mastered one thing it's like no you still haven't because there's so many levels of patience out there that it's like it's a constant thing so like when you said like back in your 20s it meant something to you then well that was probably what you might have been patient about then now you needed yeah what you needed then and now it's like the Lord's like oh well now you're working on patience with your child that is out of control that's my battle right now (laughs) I have one kid that is so we just butt heads Anyways, literally today I texted Megan. I was like, yeah, I better go to that today. But, you know, last year my patience battle might have been waiting on the Lord. Whereas this year it's being patient with my parenting and my one child and trying to reap what I can from his word as far as that goes. Because it's just different, different kind. That's a really good point. How, do you, how does the patience of the Lord um, as a fruit translate through us? Linda, you want to speak to that? Yeah. Maybe what maybe maybe 
it's something you want to say, but you know mm -hmm. better than to say it. That's one thing, at least from older, that's gotten me. But then when you talk about, I think of these girls at this age, I call them this, they're probably younger than my kids. Um, back then, I didn't have what I see now. Now, I can say, you know, I hear people say, oh God, why doesn't Jesus come back today, please, please, please. But I'm at the stage where I think, you know, Lord, you're going to come back when you come back, but, but I know so many people who need to be saved. Yeah, right. And it's like, I, I, I'm okay with waiting. Yes, mm -hmm. this is kind of miserable in some aspects, mm -hmm. but I'm okay with waiting. Mm -hmm. Because that part's done. But when I look at how busy, you know, I look back and I think, man, I'm glad we didn't have cell phones. I'm glad we didn't have Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I'm glad we didn't have any of that. We didn't even have computers. Because <laughs> I could we had three channels so on a black fast. and white TV. No, you sit down to read your Bible and it's like ding, ding, ding. Yes. Like, well, that's weird. I don't because know I keep it read five minutes ago. Like, at all, this minute I sit down to do that. I mean, I don't know how so young general. people nowadays stay on track at all. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't imagine because I had a hard enough time like this. Mm -hmm. But with this constant barrage of everything seeking out our attention. Mm -hmm. And having to learn to read out what really doesn't need it at that time. Not only that, but a lot of times what's coming across the electronics are pulling you further away from yes. God than closer to God. Yeah. This is our, the roaring lion, mm -hmm. you know? And he's friends with the airwaves. Yeah. And yeah. it all goes through the airwaves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this thing. I don't know. I, I know too, but um, the fact that the iPhone has an apple on the back. They talk about in the garden, the apple. eat the yeah. apple, and now we're all carrying around a device with an apple that has a bite out of the back. And I'm like, Satan's just like, you're on the face with that a little bit. And it's true because it's, 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 he's the master of disguise, and he's constantly trying to drag us. Megan, what do you do when you realize you are losing your patience? What's your, well, no, I mean, what works for you, though? Okay, that's honest. I begged Jesus to come back from the bathroom four days ago. Please, God, just come back. <laughs> and then I got up and went and sat in the hot tub for a little while. And I was like, don't you dare come back. Wait, so remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Time out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Call my mom. Yeah. Irene, what do you do? When you realize that you're losing your patience, what do you do? I realize when I am losing my patience, it's because something is trying to pull my focus from what I'm wanting to focus on. And so I need to put that down. Does that make sense? Whether it's my phone or whatever, you know. Yes, the priorities are getting out of way. Yeah. 
So that is a very, that's a very good, did you hear that, girls? We can repeat it. Yeah, yeah. Look at what is the priority in your life at that time. And so if you're getting frustrated because you're being distracted from something you're wanting to do, and yet your child's screaming at you, what is the priority? Is it whatever you're researching online, or is it the child, you know, or the husband, or grandchild? I've been there, yeah. Um, Sometimes it's the husband, sometimes, you know, it's somebody calling on the phone that you don't want to talk to, and, you know, whatever it may be, you know. Uh, no, not Katie. <laughs> anyway, does anyone have anything else they want to add before we close? Does anybody abuse patience? Like, with being too patient, because you know that the Lord is being patient. Oh. Like, do you ever put something off just because? Like, it's well, almost like, it's like that fine line of being patient and lazy. Well, you know, I find I'm the most impatient with myself. I, I have more patience, I think, with others, but when I do something that messes up, it takes me a long time to get over it. I'm so angry and so critic. critic and crying to the Lord. I'm so sorry. And then the Lord, he doesn't even remember that I did it because I've asked forgiveness so many times and I keep bringing it up to him. You know, and he's like, what? I don't remember it. I've already forgiven you. Yeah, I'm the most impatient with myself. God does not condemn. You need to remember that. I do it for him. We, yeah, we do it for him. But he does not condemn. I had my grandkids for um, almost two weeks. And I just was like, Lord, please just help me. Help me to be patient. Help me to not um, let, you know, like you said, the priority and stuff. Because I'd have to lay in bed and just say my prayers because I knew I wasn't going to be able to just get up and do my devotion time with the Lord in the morning and I woke up super and I'd be tired because I didn't make you know but I was like Lord you know I cannot start my day without you and please I just need that and I just think about these young girls like you guys Mm -hmm. how you guys are amazing Mm -hmm. with these kids absolutely It is. It's a, it's a complete we have definitely more of the definition of long suffering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this for the younger crowd. When I was your age, um, I think I was probably 27, um, I was involved in a lot of things. And whether it be the kids' activities plus church stuff and ministries and um, just a lot of things on my plate, and that made me impatient with my kids. We got to get out the door or whatever it may be. And um, so God and I sat down, and I wrote my own mission statement with him about what was the priorities in my life. And so I looked at every 
ministry or activity we were involved in, and if it wasn't enriching and following, following underneath that mission statement for our family, I got out of things. Yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Because they are my first priority right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, when my kids were young, I was like that as well. And it was like, hurry up, let's get out the door. Now, when I have any, and, you know, we've had a couple of rough mornings. Now I just go, you know what? Here's the deal. We're, we're doing this today, and I know it's not going to go to the go, Let's have it do over. And we stop, yeah. and we pray. That's a good idea. Just, yeah. just like God lets us do over and do it that way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Amy calls it her grandma do-over date. I love it. And even if she's late for school, I'll walk her in the office and she'll go, I'm going to grandma do-over date. <laughs> and then I'll send her to class and the gal looks at me and I said, well, we have a tough morning, so it was time for us to do it over. <laughs> okay. But when I was younger, I didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to be looked at as being a bad mom because I got my kids too late. Mm. But you know you sent her out the door with such a, a happier way to face her day by doing that. Yeah. I wish I had recognized this when my kids were Yeah. I would rather her be late. And be